Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. He is not only making a hundred grand on the box that he bought, he is then on top of that going to be making money off the content he makes from it. Welcome back to Watch Time. I'm Grace and I'm here with my brother and business partner, Elliot. We're talking gaming. We're talking social media. We're talking everything that's happening in that realm. This week, we're going to be going into Pokemon cards and why everyone's collecting them. We're going to be talking about FaZe's collaboration with Heat, the Phase 5 competition. But first, Elliot, I wanted to touch on... Uh, Hex and Optic. So last week we spoke a little bit about Hex apparently buying back the rights to Optic, which is a pretty major move considering he sold it just over a year ago and he's probably one of the most OG biggest org sort of splits that and, I know of for and, sure. And because Optic is currently an owner of a uh, CDL COD League team, which like they were selling for I think $40, $50 million each. So that one asset that the team owns is worth 40 50 million just to give you an idea of like the size i'm guessing it would have been like a 70 to 100 million dollar buy i i don't want that's literally me just pulling numbers out but long story short it would have been minimum 50 million just to put like numbers roughly in space yeah it's hard to say because there's so few details and still hex hasn't said anything about it but one of the things that we were talking about last week was what hex would be doing with it if he if he did have it and he did have access to that CDL slot because Hex is currently obviously with Energy, another big esports org. They have the Huntsman, so he can't really do both. But Elliot, I have a hot take and I'll be interested to know what you think about this because I saw it on Instagram last week and it just occurred to me today. I was like, oh, oh, there's something in this. So... Are you ready? I'm ready because I remember the thing that really frustrated me was we just couldn't quite figure out like why. Okay, so yeah. last week, last week, Nadeshot uploaded a little throwback pic to the gram of him, Hex, and Dr. Disrespect. Captioned it, Mount Rushmore. Now, here's why I think there's something in this. I don't think anyone's just posting throwback picks for the sake of it that much. And I feel like there is something in a sneaky Instagram or social media pick before something's been announced as like a little in joke. And the reason that I think this is potentially a thing is last year, you guys were all at a big YouTube event. And I remember Fwiz posted a photo with you, Lannan, Courage, uh, Lachlan and and he posted it something like 2020 isn't gonna know what's hit it something like that yeah, and it was yeah, before yeah. any of you had announced that you all had YouTube contracts but it was already um it was already decided that was the night Ryan made us drink an obscene number of white claws 
I'd never had white claw before. Surely anyway, not. go I can't ahead. Imagine. You didn't make us. We were voluntary subjects, but okay. What do you th- what do you think? Do you are you on board with my theory that there's something here and maybe it involves Nadeshot <sighs> and the doc? Like I'm not not, but I also still just can't make <laughs> any sense of that. Like like that that doesn't because uh, I agree that's such a thing that someone would do is is post a sneaky tease. And you're right, that does seem really random unless they were like all in a discord call getting nostalgic but it doesn't help me because i'm still like nade shot owns 100 thieves hex is on obviously with energy like now mm-hmm. so so that 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 in many ways splits it up more we were like oh how is optic and energy going to be a thing they're two different teams maybe they acquire certain parts of it i don't think throwing nade shot into the picture makes it any clearer because then you got two competing esports orgs with very different like ethos on how to do things not very different but different and yeah and and then they're by and ah i don't know like i I think maybe it lends into the theory we had last week of uh him selling the team to 100 thieves but then i'm but then once again it takes us back to why didn't they just 100 thieves just direct purchase it in the first place i don't know it doesn't help me i'm just more confused i'm i don't like that you suggested that theory because now it doesn't it, i'm just more confused we haven't even got into the part where the doc's part of the photo <laughs> yeah no exactly Look, i could be wrong i could be wrong and maybe it's a little bit of a hot take and maybe it's because 2020 has come with far too many mysteries and i'm just out here trying to solve them and i've got a little bit too much time on my hands. Why was the but doc banned? We I still think... don't know. Why is no one talking about this? Sorry, go no ahead. one, no, no one, no one. And still, this is your weekly reminder that you still don't know why the doc was banned. Literally, that's why you should come back every <laughs> week because we will be the ones to remind you that we still don't know why the doc was banned <laughs> off Twitch, and we need to know. I'm just putting that out into the universe so that if anyone, if in the future something happens and it's happening between Hex, Nadeshot, and the doc. People can say that I called it first and it was based on that cheeky little Instagram photo because no one posts a cheeky little Instagram photo with no reason behind it. Oh, it just doesn't make sense to me though. So who posted the photo? Was it Nadeshot or was it Hex? Yeah, Nade. I just love how obscenely tall Doc is in that photo. Like, like I've, I've met Nadeshot and Hex and they're not especially short, but I've also met Doc and I'm like, oh, okay. He is a tall man. Mm-hmm. I think he's 6'5", 6'6". Yeah. 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 And he's got the presence to hold it. Anyway, that's my hot take on the subject. This that's is based not a take. on that's no just, information. That's confusion. You got to have a take. take you, what you no, 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 no. You need to make a conclusion. You've just been like, oh, the plot thickens. There's, there's okay, my to other, Okay, my other piece of evidence towards this is I was watching Hex's podcast this week and he mentioned that he's getting a place in LA for an LA project that he's working on. So... I don't want to add to it, but I feel like there's something. I I don't know. You know, 100 Thieves is in LA. Energy is not in LA. I don't know. And then, you know what I'm thinking? I'm like, what's what what does Energy think about all this? Because Energy must be on board. You wouldn't want to piss off Andy Miller. He's a great well, okay, guy. Okay, okay. So, so this is what I don't get. Andy's Hex, the best. Hex and Andy, and, he, and Hex and Andy are definitely tight because I still see, because I, I actually noted after our podcast last week, I was like, oh, maybe something like happened and this is Hex like on the out. But then like I, I saw them like adding each other last week. So clearly that's not the case. So then mm. I'm like, okay, well then it's got to be something that Energy's cool with, in which case maybe it's like a partnership between uh, Energy and 100 Thieves. But then that takes me back to the fact that Energy already has a COD team 
So like it couldn't be them like because yeah. my like absolute crazy thing would have been like, oh, maybe like energy uh and hundred thieves like combine into one org and they like share what they've got. Oh my god. No 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 but 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 once again, cause cause I know there was a point where energy was like a bit, you know, unsure about their identity and maybe like rebranding and all that. And I was like, okay, I guess like maybe that could be a way to go about it. But um uh but but then that that doesn't actually solve it because then you've still got this there's two cod league teams in play here between energy mm -hmm. and hex and and then you've still got two cod league teams. So the, the numbers just don't add up. I'm very confused watch this space because I'm, I'm getting angry that I don't know and I want to know. Let's talk about Pokemon cards. That's Give me what the hell is going on. So for some context, I feel like everyone in gaming right now is getting onto Pokemon cards. And I feel like I first heard this from um, Gary Vaynerchuk, who's that guy that is like, I guarantee he's all over your Twitter and YouTube recommended page giving Who? you a motivational business talk. Gary Vaynerchuk, I guarantee you know him. Anyway, he's been preaching on collecting sports cards and Pokemon cards for years. And then I spoke to my good friend Lachlan, um, YouTuber Lachlan, who has also recently really gotten into Pokemon cards. He's, I mean, he's like OG, has loved Pokemon for years and years and years. And then suddenly what like totally blew it up was last week, Logan Paul um, putting out there his Pokemon card collection, which is apparently from what the people I know that are in the know easily worth like two to $300,000, which is just mind blowing to me. The fact that anyone is spending so much money on Pokemon cards makes me feel a little bit sick, but apparently, I don't know. Apparently they're an asset. They're appreciating in value. What do you, what's like, what's your thing on this? I, I think it's just, just this weird crossover of like nostalgia and rarity. And it's, it's kind of like no one actually is collecting them because they play Pokemon cards. Like, don't get me wrong. It's not that no one plays Pokemon cards, but if you're looking at popular card <laughs> games out there, no one really plays Pokemon cards. But no hate if you play Pokemon cards. <laughs> no hate, like, but but I'm saying that like the, the majority of people who are collecting and and paying this amount, they're not doing it because they're getting the good cards. No, I mean like ultimately, I, I think it's just one of those things that people kind of mutually decide they like and they think are cool, mm. and then everyone suddenly and then that obviously inevitably starts inflating the price and we got stuff like you know if you go to your friends and you're like i've got a first edition shiny charizard they're gonna be like Whoa! you know it's the same as if you're like i bought a ferrari it's like i bought a shiny charizard it's like you know both financially maybe not the smartest decisions but cool nonetheless it's 2020 people aren't spending money on a whole lot of things but and maybe if you're a youtuber and you've got the cash to burn pokemon cards is what but it's you know. crazy how much the prices on them fluctuate as well. Like, I, I remember talking to... Yeah, because, like, I, I, Lockie, obviously, has been into Pokemon cards for a while now. Mm -hmm. And I think he really got into the Pokemon card trend... I know three or four months ago, he was, like, we've got a big group chat with, like, you know, I mentioned occasionally, like, me, Lannan, Alex, who also is into Pokemon cards um, and Fresh and everyone. Uh, and he was, like, starting to, like, occasionally post photos and they're being like, oh, you know, I just, like, got this pack. Like, I'm going to unbox it. And I know, I think he got himself, like, eight or ten first edition uh, Pokemon card, like, booster packs and he was like i'm gonna like save them for my birthday and then open one and then i'm gonna like keep the other seven got to his birthday he opened all eight he couldn't resist so how much cash are people laying down on these elliot i mean i know that what i mean look a few months ago 
uh, like, so, so cards get graded and most like decent, right. like, like cards get graded in quality. Once again, I'm like a, I'm like a very mid to low tier understanding of this. So I'm sure the comments are going to grill me when I get a single word wrong, but long story short, <laughs> cards get graded in terms of when you open them, what's the quality and the quality of a card can vary ridiculously. It's not just about, right. oh, the card's in mint condition. I just pulled it from the pack, right? Like it doesn't have any scratches, tears, folds, any of that. That obviously plays into it. Um, and that would be like a thing that would immediately degrade a card a ton. But there's all these things like when they print these cards, right? They have like a huge sheet like that, that I, I think maybe has like the background of whatever's going to be behind the card on it first. And depending on where, and then they print all the cards onto the sheet and then they cut the sheet up into the individual cards. And then that's how you end up. Right. With. So okay, okay. depending on what background of the sheet your card was on and whether or not the cut of the card was done cleanly and all that kind of stuff wildly varies the price of your card so i think you know you could probably insane if you were to buy a, sh a first edition shiny charizard once again my prices my understanding of where prices are today is roughly this but i it could be outdated now because it's obviously logan paul right. threw it up um, but I know that like, uh, so graded one through 10, I know there's other little factors that go into it, but a, a grade nine shiny Charizard, I think there is a single card, a single little shiny card that you would have got for like 10 cents back in the day is selling for, I think 70 grand right now. That's what Logan Paul's trying to get for his, um, Holy shit. I think a few months ago they were only 30 or 40. Um, and then a so year... you think Logan Paul is driving the price up of like you 100%. think he's impacting the market that he's, much? He is a hundred percent impacting the whole market because because ultimately like these items don't have you know like a set price. It's not like someone's running a shop and being like, "Hey guys, I make water bottles. These water bottles are ten dollars each." Or like they're not like a car company. It's literally like the the value of a Pokemon card. And that's what kind of what makes them so fun and also so scary. But the value of a Pokemon card is purely assigned by what people decide that they're worth. So if all of a sudden you got a guy with all this like following, like and all, and all this like ability to reach a large number of people, saying this is a shiny Charizard, this is seventy thousand dollars, then all of a sudden everyone who has a shiny Charizard is going to be like, yeah, you know what, it is seventy grand. And all of a sudden <laughs> you're also increasing the exposure, demand goes up, prices shoot. So. 100% and I, I know that uh, there were a few uh, of the Pokemon card collecting people I know who were like who were like oh dude like Logan's really fucked this like he's really like really yeah like like really artificially like, inflated it I know I know Max Mofo's not happy about it I know like Lockie oh. I know like but, but but because like literally like you know they're having fun buying packs unboxing them trying to collect which is already obscenely expensive I think a first edition pack would set you back like 10 grand or something like that. Right. Um, or, or not far off, like seven, seven to 10 grand. And now I think once again, it's inflated. So then Logan Paul comes in here and he's like, yeah, this is what it costs. And all of a sudden that's what people are going to charge. Um, and he's doing some creative stuff with content around it though. Yeah, no, well, so that's what I was going to say. Super smart. He bought one, he bought like a, a box. Like, you know, when you go into a shop, right? In like a mm -hmm. little convenience store and they're like selling Tic Tacs. They don't have the individual Tic Tac boxes. They've got like the boxes that they ship in and they peel the lid back. Back mm -hmm. when you buy card packs, they I think they ship them to the stores a lot of the time as like these big boxes like that that contain 20 yeah. or 30 packs. Multiple packs. Yeah. Anyway, Logan Paul bought one of them for like 200 grand and I think it contained 30 packs in it. 
So it was, yeah. uh, once again, comments, I know you're going to shred me on every number I get wrong. I don't care. I'm getting <laughs> ballparks. But, but, shred him, guys. But, but within like 10 or 20%, I don't think I'm, I'm off on these numbers. He bought okay. it for between 170, 200 grand. The pack contained, I believe, 30 packs in it. So he bought it for 200 grand. And then he's now auctioning off each individual pack in that box the contents of those packs for 10 grand each. So he bought it for 200, but he's going to actually make about 300, assuming he can sell all these packs. And he's selling them. Like, keep in mind, if you buy one of these packs individually online, they're seven or eight grand, and he's trying to sell them for 10. So he's severely Crazy. marking it up. All right, so we both know a couple of people who okay. have got in on this, but we're not going to say who. We just started to say their names, and then we were like, we're going to leave them to have that moment to announce it if they want to. But we, so we must know... Yeah, at least a couple people that yeah. have that have bought those. But packs here's the from thing: Logan. like when you buy these packs, you like he he's not going to send you the pack out of the box. What he's going to do is he's going to be doing a live stream and he's going to pull a name out of a like box for every time a pack comes up. So if there'll be thirty names in this box, he'll pull out the first pack, pick a random name, whatever contents is in that pack as he unboxes it live on stream, he will send to you. That's essentially the it's way so it's going to run. Smart. So he That's not only so he is not only making a hundred grand on the box that he bought, he is then on top of that going to be making money off the content he makes from it and building his brand, building his profile, and doing a whole bunch of other stuff. It's, it's super smart. It's super super smart. Um, but I also, love that. Like I, I, I never Logan thought really... I would be saying spending. 80 grand on a Charizard and spending 200 grand on a pack of little Pokemon cards. I never thought I would be saying that in the same sentences. That's smart. That's really, really smart. But apparently I am because it's 2020 and I don't know what's going on anymore. Elliot, maybe are you one of the people that has bought one of those packs? I am not going to lie. I sat there and I was like, <laughs> it could be a funny meme, but I just like, I, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. But I'll tell you what, like, really? but, but you know what I think is super interesting? And I feel like. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. We're getting a little bit sidetracked here, but I was chatting to Lockie about this as well because I was like, oh, like, you know, you've, you've bought, like, all these packs of Pokemon cards and you've got so many, like, yeah. what are you going to do? And we were actually, like, chatting about something that I love the idea of and I really want to try and, like, work on um, mm -hmm. uh, is creating, like, a, like a, I don't know, like, a, a show cabinet or or something in, uh, in my house. And I think Lockie wanted to do something similar that's just, like, a, almost like a little museum of... And, and, you know, it might only have, like, 20 things in there. But just have, like, a show cabinet that has, like, 20 different things in there. And each of those mm. things is, like, a seriously, seriously cool, sought-after, awesome piece of gaming memorabilia. Yeah. Like, you could have a, uh, you know, a grade 9 or a grade 10 first edition shiny Charizard in one of those spots. You know? You yeah. could have an unopened booster pack in another one. You could have just... But but you know what I mean? But, but like, and yeah. po that's Pokemon cards as one example. But I'd love to Game find... Yeah, but I literally, I'd love to find just, like, rare <laughs> gaming artifacts 
and have them in a display case. I just think that would be cool. I think it's definitely cool. When I've spoken to Lachlan about it, he said that, you know, he has obviously done really well over the last few years and people spend a lot of money on cars and art and that sort of thing. And he's like, I'm not really interested in that. He's like, I fucking love Pokemon cards. He's like, it's nostalgic. They mean something. It's like a fun thing to collect. And um, he just gets that enjoyment out of it. And I think, I think like, if go for it, like can't really, can't really knock it. Yeah, no, seriously. I mean, like there's a lot dumber things to waste your money on, like Vegas. True <laughs> that. There is Vegas always or... dumber ways to spend your money. And you know what? I think, and, but, but here's the freaking crazy thing. And the only reason I, I didn't do it is because I think if I wanted to get into something, I think you got to be like Lockie where you're like, you're into it. You're like super, super keen yeah. and passionate about it. You love it. Um, but I think also that, uh, you know, with, you know, with Pokemon cards, it's not only like throwing away money. Like, like you've seen, if you bought a good quality Charizard a couple of years ago, you would have oh. made like quadruple your money today. Totally. You know, like, like there, there are, there is to a point, an actual decent investment in a lot of these items. Phase five. Let's... Let's talk about this because I find this very interesting and super smart and just like FaZe is freaking all over the shop with what they're doing right now. And in some ways it feels like kind of disjointed and disconnected. On, on the other hand, it feels like they're just doing literally everything they can and throwing things in all directions to just try and completely grow their org and grow their name. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple things that they've done in the last couple of weeks that I wanted to chat about. The first is the phase five. So they brought this back. It's a basically a crowdsourced competition where they are prepared to sign five phase contracts with people that self-submit. And so you get a phase contract and you get 20 grand or something. But the phase contract is probably really where the value is. And I think this is something um, we're seeing Luminosity, another org, um, the org that you're with, Elliot, do a similar thing at the moment. And I think it's really cool. And it's almost like crowdsourced advertising because the reach that these competitions are getting is insane. Like you think about how many people out there in the world right now just want to be signed to an org, want to yeah. be able to say that they're a pro gamer. The phase five competition had 200,000 entries, 200. Like, I feel like we throw around big numbers a lot these days, but 200,000 people that's a lot. I think as well when we talk, because I think it's always important to remember, like, uh, like a lot of the time when you're talking about engagement and people, you know, watching stuff and like, like how much power you have with your audience, there's a lot of different tiers to talk about it in. You know, you can see a Facebook video that gets mm -hmm. 30 million views, but I would not rate that even close to a phase uh, competition that gets 200,000 entries. Because once again, it it's just all showing ultimately, you know, like... Uh, okay like taking it back a second to like an advertiser sense advertisers really don't so much care about how many people watch an ad that they put up they care about how many people take action off that ad how many people mm. like so really a lot of the time your value as an org or a youtuber or anything like that is largely measured in a lot of ways by your ability to you know go to people and be like 
do this and how many people will actually make that proactive yeah. step and the more proactive a step you can make people take the more powerful that you know thing so there is at a very low level like i put up a video people watch that video on my sub box that's like a level one then there's hey download this app that would be a next thing then it would be like hey buy my merch so then you're going from watching a video to having to actually practically download something to then going to spend money on something then like you end up with something like phase which is you have to I, from what i know about the competition you have to like go out record clips get really cool moments submissions do like a whole lot of stuff for it and uh and really it's like a high 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 level of engagement um so yeah i think it just really shows how passionately a lot of people want to be a part of that uh audience it's your ability to influence action in people and how much action you can influence um, says a lot about the power. And I think like, while I'm sure FaZe is really excited to give that contract to five people, it's absolutely also a test for them and a test for their partners and their advertisers to be able to, for them to be able to go to those people and be like, look what we can make people do. Like when we tell people to do something, this is how many people do it. And that influence is unparalleled. And I think it's just another example where FaZe is really pushing the boundaries on what it even means to be an org. And the other thing that I wanted to chat about that FaZe is doing this week is um, their collaboration that they did with Heat. So Heat, I don't know if you know, I don't knew, I don't think you knew a whole lot about this, Elliot. But, no, I didn't. Um, so Heat is basically a service that um, kind of does like a mystery box sort of thing. So people pay like 250 pounds or around $400 for a box and um, they're guaranteed to get at least $400 worth of designer goods, basically. So they're putting in like off-white, they're putting in like uh, other designer um, designer brands. So FaZe did a collaboration with Heat where people could pay £250 or about $400 US and they'd be guaranteed to get three items that exceeded that value or exceeded like $500 value. So they brought back... Um, limited edition phase items that they dropped in the past and and combined it with a couple of other designer items. So some people that I know that got the box um, got like off-white shorts and that sort of thing. And I think like this is a really creative idea from phase and I think it's a real positioning piece from them. Like we've said in the past that phase is obviously trying to position themselves as not just an esports org but as an org that is like super pushing the boundaries on what in terms of what it means to be like kind of like a cultural at the cultural genesis of what's happening between gaming and music and fashion and all that sort of thing and you know you look at the big high profile phase members and they're in LA and they're wearing off white and they're shopping designer and they're you know in luxury cars and I think it's very much um, an effort to sort of uh, bring that all together and popularize it to the audience that they're trying to go for. But what, yeah, I mean, what do you think about it, Ellie? I think I haven't seen, I certainly haven't seen an esports org obviously do something like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's just kind of very in line with what it sounds like FaZe does. You know, they, they kind of look at what they see as like cool lifestyle in the industry at the moment and they just try and like align with it as much as they can whether that's like okay yeah. like 
musicians are really cool at the moment. They get a few musicians into phase. They see clothing is doing really well. Okay, how do we align ourselves with clothing in a way that gives us that same clout? And, you know, sometimes I think they've done a few merch collabs, right? With, uh, yes, with a, a few yeah. big celebs or clothing brands. And I think this is the same thing. They're like, oh, normally you get off-white in this box, but also now it's off-white and phase. So that shows we're on the same like yes. streetwear tier so i think it's yeah it's part of the course for them i think like where it's just very much they're just trying to find as many ways to just emulate exactly and you know kind of once again build that brand into like that that whole street style culture just something that's cool that's people, yeah. that people want to be associated with and i think that you can see that that was definitely a success in, like you said, the 200,000 submissions for the phase five thing, because it just shows how desperately people want to be a part of that brand. You know, it's seen yeah. as, it's seen as like, I think if you went to a lot of people in a lot of different gaming communities, if, if it was like, you know, uh, what org, if you could be a member of any org, would you want to be? And I think that phase is always going to be a name that's pretty high up there. Like it's, it's yeah. definitely one of the, like a very like desirable brand. I think, um, obviously I think I, I agree. I think that sometimes, which I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe we don't see the full picture. I do think that sometimes though, I, what you said earlier on about them getting, I think sometimes they can get a little bit carried away and they're just like, all of a sudden you're like, oh, we'll do this uh, and sign a musician and now we're doing a brand thing. And then this one's They're doing fashion, a movie. And we're doing a movie. And like- Did you see that? Yeah, I yeah, it looks. Yeah. I, I'm not gonna lie, it looked pretty shit. Um, <laughs> is that the face? Look, look, uh, uh, look. I, I res- no, no, no. I, I respect that. Like, I, I think it's cool. Like, a- anytime someone's taking a big step, and I think it's a big step. Um, I, I just don't think it's gonna be, you know, like a Oscar winner. But, um, uh, but yeah. But regardless, like, I think, I think it's like you said. I think they're right now. They've kind of figured out roughly where the dartboard is they want to hit and they're just like throwing lots of darts and i think that some of them are like some of them are big hits some of them are not quite as much uh but they're throwing lots of but i feel like that's part of the strategy they're they're not even trying to hit a bullseye every time they're like we just want to see what sticks i mean like ultimately what might surprise us no matter what you say it's it's worked you know, like we said, they got 100. They got two hundred thousand submissions. They're a very big brand. They're very, very popular. Like, there's, there's really nothing more you need to say there. It's, yeah. it's working for them. All right. Well, <laughs> there you heard it from Elliot. And the last thing we're going to talk about is Genshin Impact. So, had you heard of this game before I mentioned it to you? No, today? I, I still don't even fully, really understand what it is. Like, is it an MMO? I think it's kind of an MMO. It's like a role-playing game, but it's, it, it almost yeah. like, from what I've seen, the gameplay I've seen, an, it looks yeah. like, it looks kind of like, like a very Breath of the Wild-esque uh, art style. And then the actual gameplay itself, I haven't looked into as much, but long story short, I think what's more cool about, uh, about it is I, I believe it was initially, and it still is a game that was being designed for console. And it's also available on mobile. And I think what- And uh, PC. And PC, yeah. And I think the coolest takeaway I had from it is just that the power of phones and computers is so rapidly intersecting because we're mm. able, we're, we're, we're making, we're so much better at making things small. And ultimately, uh, like that means that, that, that phones are just getting 
closer at like you know it was initially like computers going off like this and phones kind of flatlining whereas yeah. now like it's really kind of intersecting a lot more where you can get so much power in a much smaller package like i did that like even now occasionally i've done a few sponsored things for phones recently and i'm looking at the stats on them and i'm like how is this what like literally i, I had a mobile phone the other week 144 hertz screen bro I didn't have a 144 hertz gaming monitor until I was like a proper YouTuber. And now they're just shoving these things in phones. Like 144 hertz gaming monitors are like a pretty like luxe thing. I know most like hardcore yeah. FPS gamers probably have one. But the fact that you have gone in the space of, I feel like only two years from phones being like very much like, oh, I'm playing Flappy Bird on this. or I'm, Oh, I'm gonna, yeah. To suddenly you're getting these games that are fully designed for like a, a proper pc console gaming experience to also just run like fortnite you get fortnite on mobile like i, I think it's well, just r.i.p <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> hey didn't think about that sentence did i touchy subject hey. um you may be able to get fortnite on mobile you could get fortnite on mobile um stay tuned but, but the point being is that now like people are literally able to just make these like triple a like games and and have yeah. them release on a mobile device so genshin impact is on track to apparently gross more than a hundred million dollars in their first month across all platforms which is which is insane it's the fastest growth in a chinese release of a mobile game in the western market ever insane like but i think i think that's so right elliot it's like i think there used to certainly be a perception where it was like certainly for you guys where you're doing this as your livelihood and your career, it would be like, okay, to you, you would never be able to foresee yourself playing a dedicated video on your YouTube channel on a mobile game. Like that would be quite challenging. You would probably feel like it just wouldn't resonate with your audience. It wouldn't be as quality gameplay as like what you're playing on PC. Whereas I yeah. feel like that gap is closing now. And like, there are games that would make sense to do. Yeah, no, 100%. I, I'm just super interested in how it's going to affect game development. I think what's interesting is, same with PC, like, you know, like some of the most of the biggest games on PC recently have been, you know, really simple things like Among Us. But, but like, I think there'll always still be room for the, you know, super simple stuff. But I, I think it's just so cool how, like, gaming is now more and more just going it's becoming easier and easier and easier and easier to yep. access the super high-end stuff. And the competition for it is just getting greater. It's like, here's another game that yeah. is cross-platform cross and free-to-play from day one. Yeah. You know, and that's just not something you used to see even two or three years ago pre-Fortnite. Yeah, no, 100%. And I just keep seeing more and more about this game. I'm actually going to have to try it now. God damn it. Um but uh but yeah no i think ultimately it's just it's just awesome it's really really cool and i think that yeah. um that you know it just shows that like i think it more is just an indication of the gaming industry in general like going up and up and up because i think ultimately like one of the biggest barriers to people being able to get into a lot of gaming is the accessibility you know it's that yes. like if you want to be a pc gamer you got to be going out there probably dropping like at least two grand if you want to get like a decent pc it's and expensive. a monitor and a mouse and a keyboard and a desk and all that kind of stuff like realistically probably closer to three um you know even console gaming isn't super cheap 
Uh, and a lot of the time, I'm guessing, like, people have to pick between spending a, a grand to get a console and a few games to go with it or spending a grand on a phone. They probably have to make a tough decision and ultimately go with the phone because that has more yeah. practical use. So the fact that now you're going to get more and more instances where these people who necessarily, you know, they might have, you know, just been had to put all their cash into one thing and they couldn't actually access gaming before. It's just becoming so easy and accessible. And, yeah. and people who may have only been very, very, like, casual, like, oh, I play Flappy Bird on their phone before are now able to yeah. access, like, AAA titles. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, long story short, I think it's just awesome. Crazy. Alrighty, well, guys, I think that about wraps us up for this week. Remember to subscribe if you're watching on YouTube, follow us on Spotify and Apple and leave us a review there. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.